Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another edition of Bucko Booth. My name is Benson Fetcher, and I'll be the host of your show today. This week, the Pirates went 4-2, and two, uh, started off the week with a record of 14-15, and 15, improved, getting back over 500, now at 18-17. and 17. They started the week in fourth place, four and a half games back of the St. Louis Cardinals, are still in fourth place, uh, three and a half back of the Cubs and the Brewers. Wild card position, they're two and a half games back of the Diamondbacks. Uh, they need to pass the Padres and the Cardinals still. Game and a half back of the Padres and two back of the Cardinals. Let's recap the week. Saturday against the A's. A fantastic comeback, 6-4 to four win. Michael Feliz got the win, 1-0. Uh, save went to Felipe Vasquez. Josh Bell hit two bombs in that game, uh, number seven and number eight on the season, and Kevin Newman was the hero of that game. Sunday versus the A's, they won the series in a dramatic 13-inning win by a score of 5-3. to three. Starling Marte with a walk-off home run, his fourth of the season. We went to Lions, 1-0, uh, and Fernando Rodney got hit with a loss. Don't want to underestimate Jordan Lyles' start in that game. He went six and two-thirds, uh, giving up five hits, one run, three walks, three strikeouts, bringing his ERA down to 2.20. Tuesday against the Rangers, another win, three-game winning streak, 5-4. to four. Uh, Feel-good win all around. Michael Fleece got another win in that game, bringing Stark to 2-0. Felipe Vasquez with the save is 10th, and Gregory Polanco with his first home run back. Steven Brock got the spot start in that game, pitched four innings, giving up two hits, two runs, three walks, striking out five. Uh, Wednesday was a tough one against the Rangers and a 9-6 to six loss. Uh, Tyler Lyons got hit with a loss and was DFA'd after the game. Uh, Josh Bell hit a home run as ninth. Colm Red hit his third home run. Nick Kingham also got the spot to start in that game. He went four innings, giving up three hits, two runs, two earned, three walks, five strikeouts. Uh, Thursday against the Cardinals, rough one, 17-4 loss. Uh, Musgrove did not have his stuff falling to one and four. Silver line in the game, Gregory Polanco hit the ball hard, including his second home run of the season. Musgrove's line, three innings. Six hits, eight runs, eight earned, five walks, and three strikeouts. And last night, a really feel-good win. Two to one for the Cardinals. Trevor Williams pitched fantastic. Uh, two and one now with a 3.40 ERA. Vasquez with another save, his 11th. Uh, home runs. Uh, Frazier hit his second. Williams line, seven, eight, pitch, nine hits, one run, one earned, one walk, five strikeouts. Let's get into the uh, weekly awards, shall we? Uh, player of the week for me goes to Adam Frazier, a 269 average this week, 7 for 26, a home run in two RBIs. Fantastic week from Adam Frazier, finally getting that power back. Felipe Vasquez, pitch of the week, four innings in four games, three for three on saves, two hits, no runs, no walks, six strikeouts. What more can you say about Felipe Vasquez, the nightmare? He was dominant this week. He's been dominant all season, only given up one run thus far. Uh, he's going to be an all-star again. There is no question about that. Felipe Vasquez is the best closer in baseball. We can finally put that one to bed. Rookie of the week goes to Kevin Newman. 538 average this week, 7 for 13, two RBIs. And he's getting the start this afternoon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Newman gets the majority of the starts now at shortstop with Cole Tucker. Uh, in the slumping, Kevin Newman is finally starting to come around and be the player we all expected him to be. Big week from Kevin Newman. Fantastic work from him. Glove of the week goes to Adam Frazier. 23 total chances, 16 assists, 
seven putouts, four double plays, no errors. And we've talked a lot about Adam Frazier's defense. And really, for me, it comes down to the fact that he's moved back to being a full-time second baseman. You know, when he moves around the field, he played left field, center field, right field, but all over the place, this defense was okay. But now that he's at second base full-time and he can concentrate on being the Pirates' second baseman, he's been fantastic. Loving what I'm seeing Adam Frazier at the plate and in the field. He's a all-around solid baseball player. His numbers may not look fantastic right now, but don't be surprised. Adam Frazier is getting – he's heating up right now, and uh, he's only going to get hotter as the season goes on. All right, I want to talk a little about fantasy baseball. Now you get, some of you guys play some of that, so I wanted to sort of uh, have the episode surround that. After 35 games in the 2019 campaign, the Pittsburgh Pirates have some fantasy duds, but which players have been studs to start the year? As we approach a quarter season mark of the 2019 campaign, it's a good time to evaluate some individual fantasy performances. Headed into the year, the Pittsburgh Pirates had several players that were expected to provide solid fantasy value. Some haven't quite performed as expected, while others are leading owners to big wins early in the year. Just as a note, all of my like numbers, uh, average draft position numbers, are via fantraxhq.com. All right, Josh Bell, our first baseman. So Josh Bell has been nothing short of spectacular this season after a disappointing 2018 campaign. And he's a big reason why the Pirates haven't fallen into the NL Central basement. After collecting a pair of singles against the St. Louis Cardinals yesterday, the switch hitting sluggers batting 300 with a stellar 1,003 OPS and 148 plate appearances. He's knocked nine homers, 23 extra base hits, 28 RBIs, and 22 runs scored. With an ADP of 241, Bell was the 19th highest drafted first baseman behind names such as Justin Smoke and Jose Martinez. It's safe to say that he's crushing those expectations, and it's one of the biggest fantasy surprises so far. My fantasy grade, A+. Felipe Vasquez, the closer. An ADP of 104, Felipe Vasquez was the 7th highest relief pitcher drafted prior to the 2019 season. No pirate player was drafted higher within their own position than he was. So far, he's absolutely backed up the high expectations. The 27-year-old lefty locked down his 11th day of the year yesterday against Cardinals, learning his right to a weight 0.51 in the process. He also had a wonderful 29-to-5 strikeout-to-walk ratio through 17 and two-thirds innings. Even with Pittsburgh's recent struggles, the Bass remains one of the best closing options in fantasy. My fantasy grade? He gets an A. Charlie Marte, outfielder. So far, 2019 is pretty disappointing for Charlie Marte. His nine games in the role was he suffered during an ugly collision with Eric Gonzalez. Marte still has 119 plate appearances under his belt in 2019, but owns an unsightly 673 OPS and just 10 extra base hits to show for it. More importantly, he has just six stolen bases and seven attempts. It puts him in a similar pace to the 33 he totaled last season, but his ADP of 41 suggests that many fantasy owners expected him to exceed that number. My fantasy grade for him, he gets the minus. Joe Musgrove, starting pitcher. Through the end of April, just with even a post one 31-7 strikeout-to-walk ratio and 35 innings during that span. However, he's coughed up 15 runs, 12 of them being earned, in just five and two-thirds innings for the month of May. 
Musgrove also doubled his walks total in those two outs. His walks per nine to three point one, currently a career worst. Still, his stellar work during the first month of the year just he'll get over the rough patch. Once when he faces and again, his break back on four. Fantasy Alright, next player also so we get some others, some injured players. So first other just in time to start All right side Jameson injury won't but he will still shut down just another and a half or so. Even prior to the injury, the 2018 breakout star was struggling out of the gate. He allowed 24 runs, 17 of them being earned, and 37 and a third innings, alongside a 30 to 8 strikeout to walk. Fantasy grade, he gets his minus. Chris Archer, starting pitcher. Like Tim, Chris Archer is a return in the next week. This is for the third year, one fewer run in two of his first three starts, but coughed up 12 total runs in his other three outings. Archer has notoriously struggled with his command recently, and things are worse in 2019, as he currently appears worse for walks per nine. Hopefully, his IL stint allowed him to get back to his early season form. Fantasy grade, he's a C. Bernie Polanco, outfielder. Despite not making the season debut until April 22nd, Polanco's gone. A hot start. He's an 888 OPS with seven extra base knocks and 57 play appearances. Spear by small to get performance in his last five games. However, he has yet to test only one star. This would love for him to play bags, but if he continues hitting for decent power, he's playing. Fantasy grade, he gets a B minus. Our, our last guy, Melky Cabrera, out there. One of the most intriguing. Has been better than Melky Cabrera. He was originally signed to a minor league deal, but he's become an important part of the Pittsburgh Pirates lineup. The 34 year old owns a 324 average and 823 OPS and 114 plate appearances. He's more important to the actual Pirates and fantasy owners, though, as he has just three long balls and 10 RBIs besides the high average. My fantasy grade for him, he gets a minus. All right, so sort of moving on. Uh, to the run differential discussion. So the Pirates are off to an 18-17 start, but the run differential has not been pretty. Uh, and the big reason for that is that they're getting blown out when they lose and they're winning close games. So run differential, it's a great way to see how a team scores runs compared to preventing them in sort of a snapshot of time. But how does that metric hold up in predictive power? The Pittsburgh Pirates got off to a hot start before cooling down and dropping eight for games, and have since played like a 500 club since. And their cool-down period of the team has seen their run differential drop. And on the year, they've been beat by scores of 10 to 12-4, 11-2, 14-1, and 17-4, while their biggest win was 5 nothing in game two of the season. Entering the game on Friday night, the Pittsburgh Pirates have allowed 165 runs to score in 124. And their minus 41 run differential ranks fourth-worst Really the only national team with the worst run differential is the Miami Marlins. How are the Pirates being as successful as they've been? It's really a question that we have to answer. And run differential has been a staple. Uh, Paul D. Podesta take a lead with the Oakland Athletics. Uh, he really couldn't figure it out. I mean, it's it's really tough having this poor run differential at this point of the season because the Pirates' offense 
hasn't been good so far, and their pitching staff has been roughed up at times. But still, the club is winning. They're 18-17, and 17, and with run differential, it's tough to use it as a predictor method. It really is. And if you just look at sort of what they're supposed to be, they're a team that's built on the backs of their pitching staff. That's no surprise. And over this course of this cool-down period, so to speak, after they've raced out to a 12-6 and six start, now sitting in that 18-17, and 17, their pitching has, has been roughed up. And we look at this past week and some of the, the starts, uh, most notably Joe Musgrove's three-inning, uh, six-hit-eight-run performance where he walked five batters. The starting pitching hasn't been as good as we started off the season with, and that's no surprise. We, we weren't going to perform all season the way we performed the first 18 games of the season with that immaculate starting pitching. And the offense, really, the way it was performing during that eight-game losing streak was the same way as performing when we started off 12-6 and six in those first 18 games. It's just that the starting pitching wasn't as good as it was during that eight-game losing streak. And if you're just looking at run differential as a whole, like how much of that can you actually use to predict the future? That's a big question that has to be answered. Because if you look at the run differential and you see that the only worst team in run differential is the Miami Marlins, you might be thinking, hey, the Pirates are in for a lot of trouble the rest of the season. But here's the thing about this Pittsburgh Pirates ball club. They know that they are built on the backs of their pitching And they know that the offense just needs to do enough to win games. Because you have games like last night, where Trevor Williams dominates, going seven innings, giving up one run, and really, it, you shouldn't even given up that run. But the offense did enough. You had Adam Frazier going deep, and you had Marte coming up big in the eighth inning. That's what this team needs to do. Yes, they're going to lose games, and they've lost games by wide margins. A 10-0 loss against the Cubs, 11-2 loss against the Diamondbacks, 17-4 against the Cardinals, 14-1 against the A's. They've gotten blown out, and that's no secret. But also, in games when they're tight, they are pulling them out. Now, it would be nice if that back end of the bullpen could get better, because if it does, then we're going to be able to win more of these close games. You won't have meltdowns like they had on Wednesday against the Rangers, or early in the season, those two losses to the Cardinals. You won't have those games when Keone Kella comes back and he's on a roll, or when Richard Rodriguez is pitching well, Francisco Liriano, Michael Feliz. And it's a shame that this bullpen hasn't been as good as we've all expected it to be. Because when it is at its best, this Pirates team is at its best. The bullpen is a huge part of this Pittsburgh Pirates team because of the injuries in this rotation right now. Jameson Tyon being out for at least another month and a half. Good, Thank goodness it's not going to be Tommy John surgery. Chris Archer is going to be out for at least another five days. He's expected to return in Arizona this coming week. But that bullpen, outside of Crick and Vasquez, has been mediocre at best. You've had Francisco Liriano. He's been fantastic. I love what I'm seeing from him, but he just doesn't throw enough strikes. Michael Feliz, another example. 
His first three outings, he dominated, but then his fourth outing against the Rangers, he got roughed up. He didn't throw strikes. If you're going to be in the big leagues, you have to throw strikes. Now, I can understand a little bit with Liriano. He's made his living on living sort of outside of the strike zone and getting those swinging misses. That's what he's done his entire career. Michael Fleece, on the other hand, his strike percentage during this time in the major leagues this season is 55%. Lowest outside of J.B. Shuck. So Michael Fleece is going to have to figure out his throwing strikes because if he can, we all saw what he was capable of in those first three outings. If he's throwing strikes and not walking batters, he can be a fantastic relief pitcher. We get to Richard Rodriguez and wondering what's going on with him to start the 2019 season. In 2018, we just learned that high fastball and everybody was swinging and missing. This season, not so much the same. His swing and miss percentage is way down. And if he's not going to hit, if nobody's going to swing and miss his high fastballs, he doesn't really have the stuff to be the back-end guy that we need him to be. He just doesn't. If he can figure out how to get those swing and misses again, which he got all of last season, he can be the dominant relief pitcher he was. I mean, keep in mind, in 2018, he struck out just as many guys as Felipe Vasquez did. That's how dominant he was. If he can get back to that, that would be very exciting. The one guy that I am excited about in this bullpen right now uh, and for the future is Montana Durapau. A 32nd uh, round pick from uh, Bethany Cookman College. He really overcame all odds to even be in this situation. Uh, he had that, I believe it was an 80 game PED suspension a couple of years back. It wasn't, from what I understand, it wasn't for uh, performance enhancing, it was more of a medical deal, but he still was suspended twice. Uh, but Montana to wrap out, uh, he impressed me on uh, the Thursday night in the loss. He had seven pitch first inning. Uh, he did give up a run in that second inning of work, but he got out of the bases loaded jam. That he got himself into. If Montana Durapau can be a big part of this bullpen, it would be all the better. Because here's the thing right now. If you look at sort of the hierarchy of this bullpen from Vasquez on down, I mean, you have Vasquez 9, you have Crick 8. Who do you go 7 right now? Let's say Jordan Lowes gives up 6 innings today and we're up 2 nothing going into this 7th uh, inning. Who do you throw in that 7th? As of right now, I'd probably say Francisco Liriano. Uh, probably next, I'd go Feliz or Richard Rodriguez. But it's a tough decision when you get to that point of who do you throw in that seventh inning. We need sort of a bridge to Crick and Vasquez. Who's going to be that player that steps up and becomes the bridge for this Pittsburgh Pirates ball club? Because this starting rotation is still very good. It still is. You know, even with our three right now with Lyles, Musgrove, and Williams, still a fantastic three. Steven Brault and Nick King pitch well in their spot starts as well. Um, and a big question that's going to happen is who gets taken out of the rotation between Brault and King when Archie comes back? I say King goes back to the bullpen. It's just my vote. But, uh, yeah, if this bullpen can get solved, um, I don't know, the run differential can't be used as a prediction, man. It just can't. I'm sorry. Talk about last night's game. So the Pittsburgh Pirates are now six and three in their last nine games. Sometimes during the case of the Major League Baseball season, a team will go on a longer trip. Before the trip even begins, you know it will not go well. That is how I felt when the Pittsburgh Pirates embarked on their current 11 game or 11 days road trip. After the trip got off to a poor start on Thursday night, the team bounced back yesterday. 
Hopefully Friday, not Thursday, will be a sign of things to come on this trip. Following a 2-1 victory over the St. Louis Cardinals, the Pirates are now 1-1 one one on their current road trip. This victory also got the team back over 500 on the season at 18-17. It was also their first victory of the season over those evil, rotten, no-good, black devil magic-using Cardinals. They did in Thursday night's loss. The Pittsburgh Pirates scored on first on Friday night. Also in identical fashion to Thursday night, this lead came via a first-inning home run. Adam Frazier led the game off with the second home run of the season, giving the Bucks a quick 1-0 lead. Trevor Williams started for the Pirates and looked like a man on a mission. His mission was to put a foot down after back-to-back bad losses by the Pirates. Williams would go on to absolutely pitch his ass off on Friday night. In the first inning, the Cardinals loaded the bases with two outs off of Williams. However, he rallied by striking out Yadier Molina to end the inning. This was an impressive feat as Molina entered the game as the toughest hitter in the National League to strike out. Then in the fourth inning, poor defense put Williams in a tough spot. A throwing error by Melky Cabrera that should have been ruled a fielding error by Cole Tucker and a fielding error by Tucker on back-to-back hitters put Cardinals base runners on the corners with just one out. After Adam Wainwright laid down a sacrifice blunt, Matt Carpenter stepped to the point looking to give Cardinals the lead. In the battle of the NFL, Wainwright of the Cardinals by striking out Carpenter out a high fastball. Pirates failing to capitalize further in the top half of the eighth 
would burn them in the bottom half of the inning. A walk and a single gave the Cardinals runners on the corners with no one out. However, it was then Kyle Crick's turn to put a foot down. Captain Fowler for the first out of the inning. The top three killer Colton Wong to the late. Crick got Wong to hit into a 6-3 to three double play. That saw Tucker make a fantastic play to field the ball while keep a foot on second base before firing a bullet to first base to end the inning. On the play, Crick also made a great play by not making a play. At first, it appeared he would attempt to field Wong's ball, but he made the right decision to pull his glove back and let it go. Had he touched the Pirates, may not have even gotten out, let alone two. Facing Jordan Hicks, the Pirates had the opportunity to add to their lead in the top of the ninth. Josh reached on an infield single to start the inning. Calmer walked with one out, and the Pirates were setting up shock. However, the hard throwing Hicks would bounce back. He struck out Cervelli and got Tucker to ground out to end the inning, keeping the score at 2-1 Pirates. It also made the Pirates just for six with runners in the scoring position for the night. In the bottom of the ninth inning, it was Felipe Vasquez time. Vasquez did his thing retiring the Cardinals in order. This includes striking out Goldschmidt, swinging on three pitches to end the game. Last night's victory is one of the biggest of the early season for the Pirates. After back-to-back brutal losses, the team was in need of a feel-good win. They got just that. This win also improves the Pirates' record of 2-2 two and two to start this vital 13 games in 13 days stretch. They also continued a trend this season for the Pirates. Entering this game, 64.7% of their games this season have been decided by two runs or less. Following from that game, this number is now 65-7. The third game of the season scheduled has been for two teams. Jordan Lyles with a 2.20 ERA and a 6, 3.65 FIP will make the start for the Pirates and will be looking to put a foot down and end this three-game skin. The Pirates will count with ready Miles Michaelis, 4.02 ERA and a 4.92 FIP. All right. Yeah, so uh, this game this afternoon is going it, to be big. Uh, if we look at the standings right now, we are just two games back from the St. Louis Cardinals for third place. Uh, in the division, and not only in the division, we have to catch them in the wild card standings. We get to pass a couple people in those wild card standings. Uh, we got the Padres ahead of us. They are, let's see, we're a game and a half back of the Padres and two games back of the Cardinals right now. So these next two games are going to be big, and this whole road trip is going to be big. Because guess what? We've got two games left with the uh, Cardinals. We've got a series against the Diamondbacks, and we have a series against the Padres. Let me give you some information. We're a game and a half back to the Padres for a wild card spot. They don't have one. Uh, we're two and a half games back to the Diamondbacks, who own that second wild card spot, and we're two games back to the Cardinals. If we can win the majority of these games coming up, after this road trip, we will have that second wild card spot, and we will be third place in this division. It's going to happen. And in this absolutely gauntlet of a National League right now, and in this stacked NL Central, you have to be happy with that. You have to. On this 11-game road trip, we have nine games left against the Cardinals, against the Diamondbacks, and against the Padres. Just imagine if we go 7-2 and two during these next nine games. That will put us in a really good spot going 8-3 on the road trip. And if we go 8-3 on this road trip and 72 in these next nine games, there's no doubt we'll have a second wild card spot and sitting pretty at this point in the season. It's a big nine games coming up, 
and you could argue in some of the biggest nine games of the season this Pittsburgh Pirates team will play because they need to pass to the three teams that they are going to be playing in these next nine games. It has to happen. If they're going to be a playoff team, they have to be better than these teams that they're going to play. We're not going to be playing the Diamondbacks anymore after this year is coming up. We have an opportunity to directly pass them in the standings. We're not going to have that opportunity the rest of the season. We only play the Padres twice this season, and the first time is coming up this coming weekend. Have to win that series. Some some big games coming up, Pirates fans. And, uh, yeah, I suggest you tune in. That's going to do it for our show today. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, however you're doing it on the Instagram Live, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, however you're doing it, we appreciate it. My name is Benson Spector. It's been a pleasure being with you this morning, or afternoon now. Uh, if you're interested in heading to PNC Park, head to stubyard.com, punch in the promo code BPN10 for 10% off all tickets for all events on stubyard.com. That's BPN10, stubyard, get 10% off all tickets, all events really helps us go check that out. Give me a follow on Instagram as well at Bucks. Dug out my partner, Jared, at Pirates.Strong. And follow the official Baseball Podcast Network social media accounts. Go follow them on Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. They're on Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, Baseball Podcast Network, and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Just as a note for you guys, uh, coming up, uh, let's see how far, June the 2nd, I'll be hosting on the Baseball Podcast Network, BPN Weekly and BPN Fantasy. Both will be on Sunday. So check me out there if you've enjoyed Bunko Booth. Try to be a little bit more unbiased there. But yeah, let's have a good week this week. Let's stay above 500 uh, for the next time we talk. And we'll see you here same time, same place, Saturday noon. Have a great week, everybody.